Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. We're starting a new teaching series called Everything We Need. And the, the premise of the series is, is, is 2 Peter 1.3 in Scripture. It says that through God's divine power, He has given us everything we need. Everything we need for life and godliness. I don't know if you're here and you're lacking anything. The Bible says that God has given you everything you need need. And so we had a little Super Bowl gathering. Some students came over and Natalia, who works with our our youth, came over and she showed up and we barely let her in the door because we open it up and there's like Patriots garb on. And I was like, heck no. And I slammed the door. I didn't do that to you. You had that smile on your face. We couldn't turn that down. She came in and I'm sorry what happened with the game. And just these things happen with Patriots losing and no one, there's sympathy another day for that. But we're... (laughs) But as she was leaving our house, I had this conversation. She said, Natalia, we really need to hear your, your story, you know. And when were you going to do that? We had planned it before. And, and, and we kind of got to come to the place, well, how about this week? We're starting this new series. I told her the title. And she goes, I'll do that. And so we got together. And, and, and like, this is going to be good timing for what she is going to share with you today. Her story and really God's miracle. So let's give her a hand. Thanks, Natalia, for being here with us today. Thank you. Um, so about two years ago, I got to share my story for the first time in front of a large group. And it's something that I knew I would do someday, uh, probably since high school. And since I moved to Washington from New England, hence the Patriots garb that he was talking about, um, I knew that that day was coming up sooner than later. And so about two years ago, I shared my story for the first time in this very room. And so what's special for me today is that I got to talk to about 60 plus young people and got to tell them a story that hadn't happened, but that I was actually living. And I got to invite them into this journey with me and say, I'm not just here talking, but you get to watch me live it out. And so I want to extend the same invitation to you guys here today. And So my story actually starts before I was born. Uh, My parents immigrated here from Brazil with my little brother in the late 80s, and they had planned to just stay here for about a year or so, uh, but things didn't go as planned, so they decided to start a life here, and eventually my mom got pregnant with me. And at the time, she was working at Dunkin' Donuts on night shifts because she wanted to be able to stay at home with my brother during the day. And so one night she was working at Dunkin' Donuts and this man walked in. And now at that time, my mom was pretty far along. She was clearly pregnant. And so the man comes in and just starts some small talk with her saying, oh, you're, you're pregnant. Asked her if she knew what it was and she told him it was a girl. And so he asked her, by any chance, does your baby have a health condition? And she told him that I had a heart condition but that they wouldn't know much more about it until I was born. So this man, a complete stranger, says, I believe that God showed me that. And he also showed me something about her future. And so he proceeds to tell my mom what it is. 
Um, but I will tell you guys later because I had to wait most of my life to find out. So um, now for most of us who are Christian, even if we've been Christian for a while, like that would be weird. Like that would be like, wait, what? Um, but my mom was actually uh, not a Christian. She'd grown up Catholic her whole life, had no personal relationship with God, had no concept that God was personal. So the fact that a complete stranger would come in and say that God revealed something to him about her and her child was kind of like, uh, okay, thanks. Um, but I was born shortly after that happened, and I was born with large holes in my heart. And because of the holes, I ended up having to be rushed to the hospital at about one and a half months old. And when my parents got there, the doctors told them that I would need open heart surgery, but that I was too small to have the surgery. They had actually only performed that surgery on one baby before me. And so they said the best that they could do was to put me on a feeding tube for a few weeks, build up my strength to give me about a 50% chance of surviving the procedure. But without it, I would die. So during those weeks, um, my parents kind of just moved us into the hospital and had visitors. And there was a man that worked with my dad who was a Christian, and he just got along really well with my dad and asked if he could come and visit my family at the hospital and if it would be okay to bring this couple that he lived with. And so this man and this couple would come to visit my parents nearly every day and just spend time with my family Um but most importantly, they would pray with my mom and they would tell her of God's love. They would talk about this God who was a personal, loving father who was caring and present and involved in her life, including in that situation. And so this went on for about a few weeks until I had the surgery. Uh, so I went in for open heart surgery to have the holes repaired. And I had all the holes repaired. Everything looked like it had gone well until about a few hours later, I was rushed in again for a second open heart surgery because the doctors realized that in closing me up, they hadn't attached an artery around, they hadn't attached an artery all the way, and I now had a blood clot around my heart. So the doctors went and told my parents to go home and prepare the funeral. They said, she's not going to make it through a second surgery, and if she does, she's already lost enough oxygen in her brain that most of it has been damaged and she probably won't make it through the night. And so in that moment, my mom was in the waiting room of the ICU and she got down on her knees and she prayed and she said, God, if you are this loving father that I've heard about these last few weeks, if you really are there and you care about me and you love me, you will let Natalia live. So I'm here and the doctors came back and they and they told my parents that it was stable, but they explained the possible effects of the deprivation of oxygen in my brain. They said, you know, she could be deaf, she could be blind, lose, have lost all her motor skills. At this point, we don't know the extent of it, but the one thing that they did know was that I was paralyzed from the waist down. And after that happened, my mom, you know, was following Jesus and she got involved in a church and found a community that was faithful in praying for me every day. So my mom and her friends, without fail, every day would pray for me and pray 
that God would not only heal me, but take away all the health conditions. And it was funny because my mom had seen so many things happen. Like she had seen people who that walked with a limp uh, not walk with a limp anymore. She saw barren women get pregnant and all of this with the power of prayer. And so she believed that God was going to heal me. And one day she was praying and the Lord said, you haven't surrendered Natalia to me. Because when you do, my will is going to be done. And my ways are not your ways. And so my mom decided in that moment, she tells me she bargained with God for the second time in her life. And she said, okay, okay, Father, if Natalia is perfectly straight, and if she is perfect by the world standards, or she's in a wheelchair for the rest of her life, it doesn't matter. As long as she is serving you, let your will be done. And my mom never prayed for my healing again. In that moment, she had to trust that God loved me more than she ever could. And she had to trust that even if he didn't do what she thought he should do or could do, or what she expected, that he still had a good future for me and that what he would do would be best. And so about a year after that, um, my family was on vacation and my mom decided she wanted to go to church, which isn't a normal thing. We Growing up, we never really went to church while we were on vacation, but this day she decided she wanted to. And so she asked around and she asked if there was a church in the area and eventually she found one that looked like what she would want to go to. And so we went that Sunday and when we got there, there was a guest speaker. So the pastor, kind of like what Pastor Dan did, got up and introduced the guest speaker. But before he did, he said, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me that there would be a woman here with a daughter about two years old who is paralyzed because of a heart condition. And God is going to heal her tonight. And so you would think that my mom would like run up to the front or maybe even just throw me to the pastor and hope he can, you know, and maybe hope he can catch better than Tom Brady. But, um, but uh, my mom kind of had this moment of doubt saying, well, no one knows me here, so maybe it's someone else. So the, she stays where she was, and the guest speaker goes up, preaches. The pastor gets that back up to close the service in prayer, and he says this, I know my God is not a man that he should lie, so I know that you are here today. And so at that moment, my mom goes, oh, okay, that is definitely me. Um, so she gets up and walks up to the front. The pastor takes me in his arms and just prays a really simple prayer. He said, God, do what you said you were going to do. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And with that, I started moving my toes the next day. So that was when I was about two and a half years old. Um, and I started walking when I was four which obviously is late, but growing up, I never really knew or realized that I was different. Um, yeah, I had to have surgeries along the way. And of course, in school, I had things um, put into place. And I, to this day, still use a wheelchair when I have to walk long distances. And sometimes I need an arm to walk if it's not the best day. 
But all in all, it was just normal life to me. And so it wasn't actually until my senior year of high school that I realized the gravity of my disability. And all throughout school, I had been a really good student. I had worked really hard, but it was actually probably the one thing that came easy to me. Um, so when it came time to apply to college, I did everything that I had to do, went into my guidance counselor, and he said, you're not going to have any issue getting into your dream school. And I was a shoe in to get into Liberty University to work with youth ministry, because that is what I wanted to do. I'd known since I was 16 years old that I wanted to be in youth ministry. And so I did what I had to do, filled out the application, all the things on my part. All that was left to do was call the university and talk to the people there and let them know about my disability and see what they could do to accommodate me. After getting the runaround a little bit, someone finally told me, I don't think that you can come here. We, you aren't disabled enough where you would need round-the-clock care, but you have enough disabilities that it would be too difficult for you to attend this university. And for the first time in my life, I realized that my disabilities presented what seemed like an insurmountable obstacle. For the first time, I realized or thought that my brokenness could keep me from doing what God has called me to do. And so I had to wrestle with that in, in my life. I had to wrestle with the fact that I wasn't unstoppable and that all these things had been put into place and had afforded me the ability to just focus on the things that I knew I had to focus on and not think that my disabilities could stand in my way. So I began to wrestle with God and I started asking him questions. I asked questions like, God, why would you give me such big dreams if you weren't going to give me the ability to accomplish them? And I started asking questions like, how am I ever going to do youth ministry if I can't get a college degree? What church is going to hire me? But I think the biggest question I asked myself was, God, if you were powerful enough to heal me from paralysis, why didn't you just do it all? Why do I even have disabilities? And God comforted me in that time and gave me peace. But most of all, he answered me. And he answered me with a question. And he said, do you trust that if I have called you to something, that I will give you everything you need to be able to make it happen? And so it was now my turn to trust God with my life. It was my turn, like my mom, to trust that he cared for me better than I could ever care for myself, better than anyone could ever care for me, and that the future that he had for me was good, even if it didn't look like what I expected. So all I knew, and it goes back to my mom's prayer, was that I was going to serve God no matter what it had to look like. And so I continued living my life as I knew it. Um, and for me, I love reading. I was reading about three to five books a month. And so I was just, you know, going about my life reading. And one day I read a book called The Missions Addiction. And I started to feel a pull towards missions. And for me, it was really confusing because it was a great book. And I had read lots of books on ministry and things like that. But this one felt different. But I was sure that I was supposed to be in youth ministry. 
And so again, I had to wrestle with the fact that my future may not look like what I thought it was going to look like. But I also had to wrestle with the fact that it was going to be a lot harder for me to live in a foreign country than it was going to be to live on a college campus. And I had to ask myself the question, and God, how am I going to do that? So I decided to share with my mom what I was thinking through. And I also shared with her the confusion that I felt, saying, Mom, I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to work with youth, so I don't understand this whole missions thing. And that's when my mom told me a story about a man who walked into Dunkin' Donuts when she was pregnant. And I told you that this man revealed something about my future to my mom. And what he said to her way back when she was pregnant, before I was born, was this. God wants you to know that you don't have to worry because that baby you're carrying is going to be a powerful missionary for him someday. And when she told me that, I saw, probably for the first time, that God has been at work in my life all along, since before I was born. And what I realized is this, that we are called before we are ever able to do anything. See, God called me before he saw what I could do, before I could make any contribution to the world. And he wasn't waiting for me to become passionate about young people or pursue missions or even read a book or work hard at school. He called me before I could ever show what I was capable of doing. In fact, he knew better than anyone what I wouldn't be capable of doing. And that encounter my mom had with that man reveals something else. That for every one of us, God knows our brokenness when he calls us. See, God always knew the struggles that I would face. He knows the struggles that we each face, whether it's physical or mental. It could be something like depression or anxiety or even addiction. Overwhelming insecurities, that can also be debilitating. You name it. God isn't surprised by any of it. Even if it came later in your life, God isn't there saying, oh, whoops. He called us anyways. He knew that you would struggle and he called you anyways. So God, the guy that encountered my mom, he even started off by saying, God revealed that your baby had a health condition. See, God wasn't phased by my disabilities. Even though it was the doctors who messed up later, he wasn't standing there saying, what now? In fact, when he revealed to the pastor that he was going to heal me, he revealed exactly what my disabilities were, and he revealed exactly what caused them. God knew my mom that Sunday morning. He knew me that Sunday morning, and he knew the plans that he had for me when he healed me and before he healed me. So you can see why I jumped at the chance to be a part of this series. All along, God has been giving me the things that I need. So my life is proof that Peter's words are true that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, for those of you who know me, know that I moved here to work with an organization called YWAM, which stands for Youth 
with a mission. So youth and missions. Who would have thought? <laughs> but God brought those two things together, brought those two passions together, and allowed me to work with these people and all around the world. So in the five years that I had been with Youth with a Mission, I lived in Colorado. I lived in Turkey. I went back to where my parents live in Maine and helped start a location there. And then eventually I moved here to Washington about two and a half years ago. And I could tell you so many stories of these times, stories like when I went rock climbing for the first time and continued to rock climb for months. I could tell you stories about when I lived in Turkey, things like being able to climb 280 steps up an amphitheater in modern-day Ephesus. All of these stories would probably leave you saying, whoa, kind of like the healing story. But those aren't the stories I like to tell. See, the stories I like to tell are the ones of God's provision on the hard days or even just on the ordinary days. I'm more likely to tell you the story about when I moved to Linden, to a new house in Linden, and there were no handrails on the front steps of that house. And so I couldn't get in and out of the house by myself. And, you know, I could tell you, oh, God gave me the strength to go up and down by myself every day. That didn't happen. Instead, he gave me incredible roommates who showed me that helping me wasn't a burden and that I could rely on people. And at times it was incredibly humbling and frustrating because I had actually just lived on my own for about three months after moving across country by myself. But instead, God just decided to show me that sometimes giving us everything we need means that he can give us people to do the things for us that we can't do ourselves. And I learned to find joy in the moments where I felt unstoppable, as well as the moments where I may need a hand from the front door of my house to my bedroom. See, I can echo the words of Paul in Philippians when he says this, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now that last verse can often be used as kind of like a bumper sticker. You kind of slap it on and, and say, yeah. But what I've learned is that last verse isn't for athletes who win gold medals and championships. Sometimes, God's strength in me is being able to make it through the day without falling because my back is so tense and it hurts so badly. You know, God's strength for someone who is addicted can be just enough to not have a drink at the end of the day that you've had a really hard day. For someone with depression, it can mean enough strength to get out of bed in the morning. See, oftentimes we expect that God giving us everything we need to live the life he's called us to means that he's going to take away our struggles or that he's going to give us enough strength to not have to struggle anymore. I learned that God is capable of that. He showed me that he could heal me completely, that he could have left me with no disabilities at all. He's powerful enough to do that. But if he had, I probably wouldn't be here sharing this message with you today.
See, instead, God let my parents move to a country where I was able to have emergency surgery before anyone ever asked them how they would be able to afford it. I was able to be in a school system that put all the things into place for me and helped me physically, so all I had to do was focus on academics. And all along the way, God placed people and community in me or around me to be able to do whatever I needed to do and to be able to do the things I couldn't do myself. Now, though most of you can't specifically identify with my story, I know that most of you can identify with how I felt that moment in high school, where my disability seemed to bring my future to a crashing halt. And I know that you can probably identify with the ways I've had to trust God since then. And we all have brokenness in our lives. I'm not much different than any of you. The only difference is that my brokenness is visible. I have the benefit of not being able to hide it. So if there's one thing I hope someone hears today, it's this, that there is no brokenness that disqualifies you from doing the things that God has called you to do. There is no brokenness that is beyond God's repair. There is no brokenness that is too big for him to work through. There was only ever one type of brokenness, one type of brokenness so big that God couldn't work through. And that was the sin that separated us before we were redeemed. But even then, God gave us everything we needed. He gave us Jesus on the cross. And he did the work for us. And since that day, when God conquered death, he has not left us abandoned. He has not left us abandoned in our brokenness. And he has not left us here with the inability to do the things that he has called us to do. And I'm actually going to invite the worship team up right now. Um, and I want to close with this. God knew your brokenness before he ever called you. And he knew the things that you would struggle with. He knew the things that I would struggle with. And it didn't stop him from calling you to great things. It didn't stop him from saying that you could make an impact and touch people's lives. Because it's for his glory. And he's the one who's going to be made known through that. So if, there's, if you're here today and you don't know if you've been called to something, I want you to know that you have. I want you to know that God had a plan and a purpose for you before you were ever born. It's like the words of David, that God formed you in your mother's womb. He knew every day of your life before it even happened. That the thoughts that he has towards you are countless, more than the grains of sand on a beach. And so you may not have someone walk in to a Woods Coffee or Starbucks and tell you your future. And to be honest, if that happened, you'd probably be a little freaked out. I probably would be too. Um, but God knows your future. God knows what he's called you to. All you have to do is ask. And he may not come and tell you, oh yeah, in 20 years you're going to do this. He certainly didn't tell me that in 20 years I was going to be living in Turkey. He didn't tell me that in 25 years I would be sitting here speaking to you today. But he guided me. 
I read books. I lived life and I started becoming passionate about things that God was passionate about. And he guided me through those things and showed me this is what you were made to do. And now I can look back and see that he had been at work the whole time. So my challenge to you is dare to ask God. Ask God what he's called you to do. Look at the things that you're passionate about and say, God, are these things that you want to use to make an impact in the world, to encourage people to touch people's lives? Now, if you're someone who's here today and you know that you've been called to something, but there's something in your life that you look at and you say, I can't do that with this. You're even questioning how you're going to live the life that God has called you to with whatever you struggle with. My challenge to you today is this, to let go of what you think your life is supposed to look like and trust that the one who has called you, the one who has given you life, will also give you everything that you need to live that life that he has called you to and that he will fulfill all of the dreams that he has placed in you. Now, it may not look like what you expect it to, but you can trust that it will be for your good because as we sang earlier, God is good and he will never let you down. God promises that he will work all things together for the good of those who love him. And it's not some things, it's not minus your struggles, it's all things. Whatever struggle, whatever challenges, whatever circumstances, none of it is beyond God's reach. None of it is beyond his redemption, his work, and his glory. And he doesn't promise that it's going to be easy every day. He doesn't promise that you'll have constant moments of triumph. He doesn't even promise that you will be strong every day. But what he does promise is that his grace is enough. He promises that in your weakness, his, his strength will be made perfect. And even on the most difficult days, you can have confidence that God is with you and that he is giving you everything you need to live the life that he's called you to live. You are never in lack. He's given you everything. So we are without excuse to live a godly life, to live the life that God has dreamed for us. And the more we get to know him, the more we trust him, the more that we know that we already have all that we need through Jesus. But even in the little things in the everyday, he continues by his mercy, by his grace, he continues to bless us and lavish upon us all of the things that we need. So I would love to end and just pray for all of you guys. I hope that if anything, this was encouraging to you. That I hope if anything that God encouraged you and gave you a hope. So God, I just pray right now. I pray for everyone in this room. I pray that it would not be my story that would be what sticks. But God, I pray that it would be your glory and the work that you have done in my life that sticks with people. God, I pray that I would just be an example of what you can do for every single person in this room. For those who don't know if they have a future in you, if they have a calling, God, I pray that you would show them that they do. God, I pray that you would start to make them aware of the things in their life that they love, that they're passionate about. 
I pray that you would make them aware of the people that you've put in their lives that you have intentionally placed there for either them to be what they need or for the, for them to be a recipient of what they need. God, I pray that you would show them that you have placed people in their lives to impact and to spread your glory. God, I pray that they would be bold enough to ask you for their calling, for their future, for a hope, knowing that you won't disappoint them. I pray that those words that we sing, that you will never let us down, that it would rem it would remedy in their hearts, God. God, I ask for the people here who have hopes, who have dreams, but look at their lives and say, I can't do it. Or that are even questioning if they have what they need in order to fulfill the life that you've called them to live. God, I pray that you would show them that you've given them everything that they need. I pray that you would give them the courage to let go of their expectations and just expect that you will do what you say you will do and that it will look better than anything that they could imagine. I pray that your love would grow deeper in them, knowing that you love them better than they could ever love themselves, that better than anyone else could love them, and that means that you have the best for them. I pray that you would show them that you are good and the future that you have for them is good. God, I pray that as we go throughout our week, that we would be encouraged, that we would be filled with hope. God, I pray that as we go throughout our week, we wouldn't be ignorant to the things that you've already given us, to live the life that we're living, to live the life that you've called us to live. So God, we praise, be glorified. I pray that you would be blessed through every single person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient. And I know God has given you the courage, but I thank you for the courage to be able to share with us today. And I want to thank you for being my daughter's youth leader. And everything that you heard today is, is true, because I hear everything when, I get, when she comes home. <laughs> that you live out, and you have the good days, and you have the bad days, and you live it out for, on display for everyone here. Uh, so thank you for your life and your investment in us and the time here that this morning. Uh, it would be amiss, though, Natalia, if we were just inspired and stirred and didn't do anything from what you shared, right? That we, yeah. would, we would not... It would not matter as much as it's mattered and all to you and what God has done. What matters even beyond is what we do and what we take with us. As you said, there, we have no excuses, do we? We have no excuses to live out because God has provided.